Don't take my friend away. Well, Bev and I, a number of years ago, started coming to Trinity because of Pastor Mark is the best expositor we've heard. This church is very, yes, I've heard of you. This church is very privileged to have a man that rightly divides the word of God as he does Sunday after Sunday. And the second reason was because Tony Bowman led the sacred music program. And there's not a lot of those around in churches either. And the third reason was because, you're going to love this one, because Deke Ingram invited us to that inspiring friendship Sunday school class, and we've enjoyed it so much. Besides, seven years ago, when Michael was leading the Bible school, we have one grandchild, and our grandson came to Bible school, and he got under conviction of his sin, came home that night and said, Grandpa, I need to be saved. And he got saved, our grandson, because of the ministry of this church. And that's something that can't be replaced in our family either. Now, as I look out, some people have masks, some people do not. And I have found this. I do look better with a mask on. So, unfortunately, I can't preach too good when it only goes about an inch and a half, so I'll put it on a little bit later. I'd like for you to turn in your Bibles, please. And you notice, if you were familiar with Psalm 24, I, I read from the King James when you're as young as I am, it's hard to change the different translation. First Samuel 15, please. You're going to read really a more lengthy passage of Scripture to get the whole context of the story we're going to deal with. So we're going to start in 1 Samuel chapter 15. And the title of the message is, Can We Recreate the Past? Look, we are never going to be the way we were before. It's not going to happen. Never going to be the way we're, if this had not come about, this pestilence, still in 2020, it's never going to be the way it used to be. I enjoyed she singing those beautiful old songs. You know, there's some things that are just, they're just classic. And this world is never going to be the same. Can we recreate the past? 1 Samuel 15, I'll begin with the first three verses. Samuel also said to Saul, The Lord sent me to anoint thee to be king over his people, over Israel. Now therefore, hearken thou to the voice of the words of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord of hosts, I remember that which Amalek did to Israel. Amalek was the first enemy that Israel faced when they crossed the Red Sea. They would not let them pass, and that's what started their 40-year journey, because they couldn't go a direct route. How that Amalek laid wait for him in the way when he came up from Egypt. Now, go and smite Amalek, and utterly destroy all that they have. Spare them not, but slay both man and woman, infant and suckling, ox and sheep, camel and ass. Verse 11 through, excuse me, verse 7 through 11. Verse 7, And Samuel smote the Amalekites from Havilah until they came to Shur, 
which is over against Egypt. Then he took Agag, the king of the Amalekites, alive and utterly destroyed all the people with the edge of the sword. Verse 9 starts with a sad word, but Saul and the people spared Agag and the best of the sheep and of the oxen and of the fatlings and of the lambs and all that was good and would not utterly destroy them, but everything that was vile and refuse, that they destroyed utterly. Then came the word of the Lord unto Samuel, saying, It's repented me that I have set up Saul to be king, for he's turned back from following me and has not performed my commandments. And it grieved Samuel, and he cried unto the Lord all night. 13 and 14. Samuel said to Saul, and Saul said to Samuel, Blessed be thou the Lord. I have performed the commandments of the Lord, he lied. Samuel said, Then what meaneth then this bleating of the sheep in mine ears and the lowing of the cattle which I hear? Down to verse 22 to 24, please. Samuel said, Hath the Lord as great delight in burnt offerings and sacrifices as in obeying the voice of the Lord? Behold, to obey is better than sacrifice and to hearken than the fat of rams. For rebellion is as the sin of witchcraft and stubbornness is as iniquity and idolatry. Because thou hast rejected the word of the Lord, he hath also rejected thee from being king. And Saul said to Samuel, I have sinned. I have transgressed the commandment of the Lord and thy words because I feared the people and obeyed their voice. Verse 34. Then Samuel went to Ramah and Saul went up to his house to Gibeah of Saul and Samuel came no more to see Saul until the day of his death. Nevertheless, Samuel mourned for Saul, and the Lord repented. He'd made Saul king over Israel. And the Lord said to Samuel, How long wilt thou mourn for Saul, seeing I've rejected him from reigning over Israel? Fill your horn with oil and go. I will send thee to Jesse the Bethlehemite, for I have provided me a king among his sons. Verses 6 and 7. It came to pass when the sons were come. Samuel looked at Eliab and said. Surely the Lord's anointed is before him. The Lord said to Samuel. Look not on his countenance. Or on the height of his stature. But I have refused him. For the Lord sees not as man seeth. For man looketh on the outward appearance. But the Lord looketh on the heart. Verses 11 to 13. After going through each son, and Samuel said to Jesse, Are here all thy children? He said, There remaineth yet the youngest, and behold, he keeps the sheep. He's a shepherd. Samuel said to Jesse, Send and fetch him, for we will not sit down till he comes hither. He sent, brought him in. Now he was ruddy, which means he had a healthy glow. And with all of a beautiful countenance, meaning he had beautiful eyes, and goodly to look at, and the Lord said, Arise, 
Anoint him, for this is he. Samuel took the horn of oil, anointed him in the midst of his brethren, and the Spirit of the Lord came upon David from that day forward. So Samuel rose up and went to Ramah, and as it said in verse 7, for the Lord looks upon the heart, and this becomes the man recorded in the New Testament, a man after God's own heart. Lord, I pray that we'll look and see victory and defeat and learn how to overcome defeat by going back to victory and learn that obedience is better than sacrifice. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Can we recreate the past the way Saul was? First king of Israel, great man, tall man, outstanding man. He was impressive. He was skillful, even in political savvy. He was a successful military general, as recorded often in the history in the Bible. And he also raised a fine heir to the, son, to the throne. His name was Jonathan. All this while leading God's chosen people to unprecedented wealth and influence in the known world. And this man, Saul, was able to do it because he had a mentor, an anointer, a counselor from Jehovah, who also was his best friend, Samuel, this godly prophet. He was a man who walked with God and talked with God all the way from his youth. Remember in 1 Samuel the first chapter is when he was a little child and somebody was calling him and he thought it was Eli. And no, it was God three times. What a legacy. As you have a spiritual legacy, and this church has a spiritual legacy, never deny that legacy of the past. But there are some things in the past we shouldn't go back to. And we're going to look quickly this morning to rise up the ladder of Israel with victorious renown, that was Saul. They came from just a small group of people who had been released from slavery and wandered in the wilderness and gone through judges, and now they've got a king. That's what they wanted. And he was a remarkable man. He had all kinds of victories. While going up the ladder, Saul correctly listened to the biblical advice of Samuel, and he sought God's ear. But we learn in chapter 15, to obey is better than sacrifice. And this majestic king was disobedient to God's commands till it utterly destroyed him. And when we disobey God, we too will be utterly destroyed. Look at our nation. You know, <laughs> it's, I, 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 I kind of don't know how to say it. It's hard to say Supreme Court because they aren't supreme. God's wisdom is supreme. Whenever we turn from God, we are not supreme. God's commands will utterly destroy those that are disobedient. Listen carefully. Saul tried to keep the best when God had told him to destroy all the possessions that he had captured in war for the Amalekites. He failed. And when he failed, he crushed the foundations of faith in an entire nation. 
take note. Captured animals make noise. You hear that? That was the first sign that he got caught. Samuel said, wait a minute. Don't I hear something? Something's not right. You ever get that, that extra feeling, you know, when you're close? Something's just not right. I hear that. Mark well. Partial obedience is disobedience. God rejected Saul as king. Samuel delivered God's message to the rejected king Saul. Saul had lost his humility. And that loss of humility enabled his rebellion against the Lord God of heaven. And he tried to make up his disobedience by offering sacrifices. An excuse for a confession will not work. He was unwilling to face his own sin. He made excuses. Samuel left his earthly king to follow his heavenly king. So should we. Samuel nor God were impressed with Saul's half confession. True confession involves more than talking. Do you say, I have sinned? Or do we say, I've been caught? That's what repentance is. It's 180 degrees. My father fought in the Second World War. And you see the illustration when they were in boot camp and they were learning to march. He said, we'd be going one direction. And they say, about face. And they turn around and go the other direction, 180 degrees. He said, what in the world? We just went that way. And now we're turning around and going back the other way. That's what repentance is. A complete turning around. The kingdom was torn from Saul and given to another that was coming. And his name was David from the house of Jesse in Bethlehem. Rising up the ladder of Israel to victorious renown. And yet, he became disobedient. Number two, God said to Samuel, you must move on. Sometimes, folks, we just got to move on. You just got to go on. A solemn statement in chapter 16, verse 1, I have rejected him. This rejection at this point was not known to his loyal subjects of the king Saul. They didn't realize it. This king was still putting on a show as king. He had recognized his good start, the people. They had recounted and experienced his successes. But Saul was reproved because of his sin and that led to his removal. Saul, at this point, was still in the position as king, like some. But he had lost all his spiritual authority. He still sat on the throne. He still walked around in his purple robes. But his power was gone. Chapter 15, verse 35, Samuel mourned for Saul. But God said it's time to move on. It was a sad separation. It was a hard time to deal with. The nation of Israel was rejecting God by following in disobedience of their leader. Their leader, King Saul, was rejecting God's servant Saul and God's word through Samuel to Saul. 
Samuel was not listened to. You know, some people wish the past was not changed. They relish in the wrong of the past. They long for that past glory that felt so good. Some people want that past sweet Christian fellowship. Wonder why it's gone, that time of holy sacrifices. But then again at the closing verses of chapter 15, Samuel saw Saul no more. It was goodbye, period. And Saul, when he considered himself little in his own eyes and followed his disobedience to God, Samuel mourned. But as it turns to chapter 16, Samuel was having a tough time moving forward. What's next? What's the next chapter? What does tomorrow hold? Focusing on the past, we see Samuel in his study with the curtain closed, with his lamp burning low and turned off. He's alone. He's depressed. Maybe he thinks his prayers are going to brass rather than heaven. All he does for these unmarked verses, he remembers, I got hurt. I depended on this king. I respected him. I followed his leadership. But now he's turned. Now what do I do? We've all been there. Every one of us has been hurt by a preacher or a close Christian friend that's not treated you right. Maybe a family member that's not treated you right. Maybe something's happened that wasn't your fault. You lost money on a car. Don't you love all the ads? You always get a good deal in the ads. Maybe you lost money on a house that you bought, land that you purchased, an investment that you made. Maybe even a spouse you married. Sometimes we're not treated right. Many Christians are just looking for a reason to quit. I'm sure that passed through Samuel's mind. How can this happen? We finally got what we wanted, but we lost what we had. Where do we go from here? And then God said, Samuel, get over it. I am through with that, with Saul. And since I'm through with Saul, you get through with him too. Sometimes you just need to cut and run when the Lord says to do that. Oh, but preacher, I miss him. I miss him. I miss her. Listen, get to where you ought to be with the Lord. Go forward. God moves away from the past. Six days he made the world. And the seventh he rested, and you didn't see a recreation again. He got done with his job, and he went on and gave us all the Bible. Sometimes we just move from the past. We should move from the past. We see him rising up the ladder of victory, and yet he's disobedient. And then we see Samuel is told his job is just to move on. And then number three, we start in chapter 16. God tells Samuel, 
fill your horn with oil. Something good's coming. Fill your horn with oil. Refuel and go on. You know, oil, when I was a kid, and the preacher at Dollar Memorial Baptist Church in Atlanta, Georgia, they talk about oil, and I always thought, anointing with oil? Why did they want to put that black stuff on their forehead? It's the only kind of oil I knew of. But a very fine, expensive olive oil they would anoint. And even today in James 5, it even speaks sometimes of anointing the sick with oil. And it's more expensive today than it was then. The horn, you put it in a horn that represented authority. And the oil represented the Holy Spirit. And this is to be yielded to the Holy Spirit. Be yield to God. Don't be yielding to the past. Be yield to God. Move forward. You may need this morning to get over the past. The only way to get over the past is to yield to the Holy Spirit. The sovereign God knows what Samuel does not know. Five miles away, close at hand, is another who's going to be greater. Samuel, you think Saul was great. Wait till you meet David. He's just a kid now, but he's going to mature in my ways, and he will be known as a man after God's own heart. Trinity, tomorrow is going to be better than today if we stay where God wants us to be. Yeah, in my soul, sometimes I fear what the future may hold. I don't know what's going to come next week or next year or next decade. But tomorrow, as we read in Psalm 24, and we see in this passage, tomorrow will be better than today. Not yesterday. Samuel did not find David till he got over Saul. My first youth pastor, Dr. John Reynolds, said, you can't recreate the past. It's done. Those 24 hours are gone. My responsibility and your responsibility is to fill that horn and to go do something beyond that you've never experienced before. This Lord's Day could truly be a new day in your life and my life as we let the Holy Spirit anoint us to obey exactly what God tells us to do. I want to remind you that partial obedience is disobedience. And that true confession is more than just talk. And Saul was still in possession as a king. But in those days, he had lost all of his spiritual authority. An excuse for confession will not work. And even Samuel mourned for Saul. But God said to him, it's time to move on. And it may be in your life. And God said, I'm through with Saul. Samuel, you better be through with him too. There's some things 
We need to let go. Samuel did not find David till he got over Saul. Fill that horn. Go on. Do something we've never experienced spiritually before. Heavenly Father, I ask this day, you'll take the weak words of man and fill them with the authoritative words from the everlasting scripture and make something new and better in each of our lives. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.